Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 7, Episode 11, Guns and Boys. for this episode is December 16th, 1991. It was directed by William Garrity, and it was written by Art Washington, who I hope is African-American. Yeah. I'm not sure. But um, some of this episode seems really condescending, and I hope it wasn't a white guy thinking that he was teaching African-American people how they should be. Yeah. Um, Why don't we describe this episode in brief? Yeah. Uh, In this episode, uh, MacGyver deals with an issue of gang violence amidst a kind of crooked gun weapon supplier who's trying to incite a a gang war. Yeah. Um, it, It is a lot like the movie Boys in the Hood which is obvious from the title Guns and Boys, that yeah. that's kind of what they were going for, and this wasn't long after that. So this wasn't a reference um, to Boys to Men? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but that movie also deals with this subject matter, although a little bit more vaguely, because um, while he's like around town with his son, uh, the father in the film, played by Morpheus, um, is pointing out like all the gun stores and everything in town and, and explaining how... You know, they provide this stuff for us to hurt each other with. Right. But um, but this movie really blatantly makes the the aggressor of everything that one one specific white guy who's providing guns to this these specific two gangs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we basically start the episode at the Challenger Club. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're at the Challenger Club. Um, which is looks- this the first time we've seen it in Los Angeles? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds right, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So the uh, it's you know so it's I don't know if it's supposed to be the same Challengers Club because it looks completely different. I, um, yeah, I think it actually is supposed to be, and I think that it's been long enough that we're supposed to think that this woman is the woman that ran it before. Yeah, Cynthia. Yeah. Uh, well, so we we open up on a you know kids playing basketball, having fun outside, um, but a young boy is being. Uh, kind of indoctrinated slash like given a, the initial tour of being a new recruit yeah. for the Oliver street gang by right. player G who is the, yeah. I guess, de facto current leader. Right. Um, or, he's the crack dealer. Yeah. Um, he wants Bobby to start dealing at the challenger club, which of course we know violates the two rules of the challenger club, no dealing and no hooking. Right. <laughs> Those are the only two rules. <laughs> the only two rules, but they're set in stone. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, a, uh, I guess it, it's because it's the mother and her two sons. Uh, Regina is the mother, and then Brian and Kelvin are the two sons. Right. Uh, uh, Brian sees Player G outside getting like this kid interested in dealing and like showing him some guns. Yeah. And when he starts to tra- take, make a move... Regina stops him because of Brian's former gang affiliation. Right. He used to be a member of the Ice Boys, um, but he no longer runs with them. And now, so Regina says you should stay out of it because they might... And what was his name with the Ice Boys? He had a different nickname with the Ice Boys. Oh, you know what? I don't think I made a note of it. Yeah, I don't remember. But they they keep calling him by his nickname, and then when she comes over and calls him Brian, they're like, oh, okay, Brian. And the police do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The police know him as by his street name as well. Um, which, again, well, we'll get into it because uh, we haven't been introduced to him yet. But I right. thought that I thought that this guy was going to be like the antagonist of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so Regina stops him and she calls for MacGyver to kind of go out and check things out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so as MacGyver kind of walks out there and uh, uh, does a little bit of talking, uh Brian comes up anyway, as does Regina. <laughs> they, right. They come out anyway. Um, and uh, so Player G pulls a gun on him. And, uh, but luckily, Regina had told another girl to go call the police. And so a squad car has just kind of come by. But just in time to miss Player G and his crew leaving. Yeah. Um, so they immediately suspect that Brian is the culprit. Right, um, that he was the aggressor in this situation because yeah. they're familiar with his 
with his behavior. Yeah. So uh, we've listed a lot of people here. So real, uh, we should probably go through some of these people. Uh, sure. Brian Jeffries is played by Garvin, I'm going to say Funches. Yeah, Garvin Funches, who we had in Tough Boys. Yeah. Tough Boys. Tough, tough, tough boys. Uh, uh, Regina. And his brother, yeah. Kelvin, yeah. who we see a little bit here, is Vontae Sweet, um, who uh, actually played Rick Rock in Boys in the Hood. Interesting. So he was actually in Boys in the Hood, um, and he also played Sweet in Predator 2. Yeah, I don't remember him. I, I'm assuming he's part of, like, Nick Nolte's, or is it Gary Busey? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember either. It's been so long since I saw the second one. I can't remember if it's Gary Busey or Nick Nolte either. That's after the Predator in the city. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I always, it's weird. Like whenever I try to picture Nick Nolte or Gary Busey in a movie, I always like they merge. Their faces merge. Yeah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I have the same problem with Christopher Plummer and Max von Sydow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Definitely. Like definitely because they're both kind of Swedes and. Uh, and they were both in Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, guys. Get out of this movie together. Uh, uh, and then Regina Jeffries is played by Margaret Avery, who um, I only really remember as, uh, like, when I'm looking up her roles, she's, like, she's just credited as prostitute from Magnum Force. But, man, right. she gets, like, the most gruesome on-screen death where this guy's just, like, choking her out with, like, drain cleaner or something. Oh, jeez. Like, her pimp is, like, because, like, she was holding out on him. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah. I, I remember that from the, um, the Cinemarathon that we did. I don't of, think I've seen that whole of, franchise yet. I need to Dirty go Harry. check that one out. Oh, man. Deadpool. That's is, the last one, right? Yeah, that was, ugh. Well, both the third and the second one, the uh, I can't remember the third one offhand at the moment, but uh, yeah, they they're both rough movies because yeah. he's super old in those. How many are there? There's six total, right? I think there's only four. Oh, for some reason, I thought there was more than that. Maybe there's five. Yeah. I honestly, I, I it's really only the first two that I ever give a crap about because yeah, I've, like, I've, I think I've only seen the first one. Yeah, Dirty Harry and Magnum, like Magnum Force is like a legit cool movie too. Like yeah. Dirty Harry's good. But Magnum Force is like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, then there's a... Uh, eh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, the sergeant, the police sergeant here, uh, Sergeant Mullins, who, again, I thought was going to be the antagonist because he's so kind of jaded about the whole street gang issue right. and um, knows Brian. He kind of sounds like Rudley, the, the sergeant that we had in... Uh, yeah in the walking dead episode because he's just kind of like, yeah, well this kind of stuff happens. There's mm. nothing we can do about it. Uh, uh, Mullins actually mentions, uh, Heinz. Uh, right. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, for, like, cause by even weirder that they don't mention Cynthia. Uh, yeah. But that, that's why I'm, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the same place. Cause he says, Hey, where's the Marine that runs this place? Yeah. He's uh, like, oh yeah, Heinz is on vacation or something. <laughs> that guy doesn't take vacations. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's made the town much worse. Uh, uh, but Mullins, before he leaves, gives MacGyver what sounds like really cynical advice, but actually yeah. is like really practical advice. He's like, don't believe everything you hear, uh, don't, and watch your back. It's just like, yeah, that's actually some, yeah. probably some good advice, really, yeah. given the situations that you're in here. Yeah. Um, we cut to here from the to the Jeffrey's home where they're getting ready to sit down for dinner. Where um, MacGyver is just inexplicably a member of their family. Yeah, now. exactly. Um, which which is like going to be the common theme for like the next two episodes. Yeah. And uh, as they're sitting down at dinner, Brian, of course, is like really frustrated and he wants to take action uh, because uh, some of the things that Player G said. Um, yeah. But you know, of course, they don't want Kelvin to get involved. Because right. he, they, they, he looks up to his brother, so they know that, that he'll follow in his footsteps if, if he And the goes two on. of them have already lost an older brother. Correct. And if this is supposed to be a Cynthia stand-in, then they also lost their father yeah. in a pretty gruesome Ugh. way. It's a, it's a sad story that this family has. Um, so Brian is just kind of like gets up from the table and goes to look out a window. Uh, and that's when he sees like a car pull up outside. And he knows immediately, he tells everyone to get down because the car just opens fire 
and just just completely destroys the front of this house. But then also uh, Regina takes a hit. Yeah, and, I thought, and MacGyver doesn't even get in like one of his typical like dive rescues. He just kind of yeah. gets down on his own. Yeah, I thought for sure that Regina was going to die. Yeah. I, I was like, oh man, she's dead. This is it. This is going to be the thing that pushes him over. Yeah, but um, but she takes one in the shoulder. Yeah, so she's okay, but it's still the thing that pushes him over. Um, yeah, it's still enough. It almost seems like she shouldn't have even been shot because it plays so little part in the episode in total, but also yeah. in just this scene. Like by the end of the scene, she's already like up, like okay, leave me alone. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. Took a bullet. It Get didn't over even it. hurt. Pretty pretty. Like sure. he would have been just as upset about them shooting at his home. Yeah. And risking their lives. Yeah. Like, if, if she had died, then that would have been, like, this major, there's no yeah. going back now for yeah, him. Yeah, MacGyver wouldn't have been able to talk him down from there. Yeah. Uh, so, the uh, paramedics and the police, you know, arrive. Um, uh, and, oh, yeah, I forgot. Brian, during, just after the firefight, he reaches under the couch and grabs a gun that he had hidden. And yeah. he, so he runs off. We don't know where he's gone to. Right. Presumably back to his old gang. Yeah. Um, but uh, we don't know yet. So uh, we cut to now uh, a place called Stumpy's, which is a, right. like a pool hall, bar, restaurant, where uh, Player G is just kind of shooting pool. And they're basically running the place because they just order Stumpy around and he has to do what they say or else... He risks their violence. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write down the actor who played Stumpy. Hang on. Uh, his name was Lee Weaver. Um, he actually plays Leroy in Donnie Darko. Yeah. He's he's uh, the blind seer in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That that's what like, that was the credit that I like that I mostly was like oh, okay. I yeah that. yeah. Um, he's also Joe in Forty Year Old Virgin. Although I'm having trouble remembering who Joe was. Um, and. Uh, he did the voice of Alpine on G.I. Joe. Um, I'm assuming Joe might be... Because there's, like, a couple of, like, other minor employees at the at the electronics store. I think it was just that one Indian dude that oh, has it? lines. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that guy got, like, arrested for murder later. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the Indian some, guy? Somebody... Yeah, one of the characters that worked at the store in 40-Year-Old Virgin ended up getting arrested for murder. Oh, hopefully it wasn't Jane Lynch. <laughs> no, I don't think it was her. I think it was um, I think it was Seth Rogen. <laughs> Be David Caruso in Jade. All right, all right, I know exactly <laughs> okay, what you're talking about. I know about. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the outback, Player G gets a because Player G gets a page, which was awesome. That we yeah. got, we are, we're in the the time of pagers now. Um, uh, Player G gets a page from his gun contact Minton, or yeah. gunman as they call him. Right. Uh, he's outside and he's got some new stuff to show him, and uh, and uh, Minton wants the money that he's owed for the last shipment, but yeah. uh, Player G is acting real tough. He says, "Oh, you'll get your money when I say." Um, and if you got a problem with it, here's my gun. You know, I got a gun. He was like, yeah. and Minton's it's like, oh, I drove a truck full of guns here. Yeah. M- Minton is just starts like acting like, yeah, yeah, I oh. guess you're right. <laughs> I, I, I love the way he's acting in this, this whole scene. Like when he, when he first starts talking to him, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to sell you what I was going to sell you and you're going to pay the price you were going to pay. Yeah. Like, He's just he's really not worried or scared about this guy. And yeah. then he pulls out a gun and he's just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll get you what you want. Yeah. But uh, uh, the character playing, or the actor playing Minton here is Larry Wilcox. Yeah. From Chips. So. Yeah. Punch and John. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a- I, he does a really great job in this episode. Yeah. Of being like super creepy, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to love watching Chips because my dad was a motorcycle cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he wasn't Highway Patrol, but he was he was LAPD. But uh, so it was like it was like oh wow, this is just like my dad. So I used to watch like reruns of Chips constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and plus like obviously like uh, you know the uh, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox like they 
the kind of running gag of their characters continues on, you know, much later. Uh, yeah. uh, I especially love their appearance in Loaded Weapon. <laughs> where, where, like, uh, I don't know, have you seen Loaded Weapon? I, I have seen it, but I can only ever remember two gags from the movie when I try and recall it. The first one is the fact that the very first shot of the guy, you see his feet step out of a police car and then a cigarette hits the ground and he steps on it. And then a cigar hits the ground and he steps on it. And then a pipe hits the ground and he crushes it with his foot. And then the other joke about how he has like a a trailer on the beach, but when you go inside, it's like this palatial estate with yeah. all these like columns and everything. Um, there's a scene where they're going to, to find this informant, but every floor of the building that they're going up as they go up the stairs has a different like crime scene scenario going on. <laughs> um, but one of them is a shootout, and it's yeah. like it's Larry Wilcox and Eric Estrada in a shootout in this hallway. But they both have they're both on their motorcycles in this hallway in this apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eric Estrada is trying to get Larry Wilcox's attention, but he can't hear him over the gunfire. So Eric Estrada just starts shooting at Larry Wilcox. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing, man?" He's like, <laughs> "Trying to get you to come over here." Uh, uh, it's a, I don't know, it's a fun it's a fun situation yeah that's a funny movie uh it doesn't get enough enough play i feel yeah. especially for like you know people don't remember that you know sam jackson wasn't really anybody at the time especially like his early roles like jurassic park and uh uh things like uh, true true romance and yeah like he, he was he was still an unknown most for the most yeah. part uh from such humble beginnings you know uh yeah so Minton shows uh, Player G the uh, the new the new weapons, including like a new like a small mini assault rifle, um, yeah. which Player G says, you know what? I think I'll just keep this one free of charge, kind of thing. Yeah. And Minton's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if you got a if you you got a gun, what am I going to do? You're armed. Uh, so as soon as Player G turns around to walk away, Minton just shoots him. Yeah. yeah it was like, okay. He shoots him three times in the back with like his huge like magnum rifle. Yeah. And uh, then he, he sneaks up to the body, which I assume is already dead at this point because yeah. it doesn't make any kind of sound. And he just says, it's a seller's market sleazeball. <laughs> he takes the gun back and gets in his truck. Yeah. And I, my, my noted joke here is player G has left the game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, well, we forgot to mention, though, that Brian has snuck up on this meeting at this point. Yeah, because he, he was he was actually going to attack either just Player G or Player G and the supplier for the yeah. rival gang. And uh, so he's overheard this entire encounter. Yeah, but he did not see the shots because he right. was hiding but, behind a wall. But he knows what happened, and he's freaking out, and he accidentally knocks over a, a glass bottle. Yeah. And then at this at about the same time, because Player G had already opened the back door to Stumpy's and was about to walk inside, so they saw the door open and, and him collapse. Yeah. And then the door close again. So some of the other guys from inside are coming out to check on him. And the gunman is saying, oh, somebody's shooting at us. you got to get in there because he yeah. heard the glass bottle fall. And, and he starts firing at Brian, and then he gets in his car and drives away. Yeah. So, uh, and Brian is forced to to make a run for it, and he, he stashes his gun into the garbage, which, in, the, in retrospect, is a really bad idea, because had you kept the gun, they would have known immediately that this wasn't the gun that was used to kill this guy. Or they would have shot you. That's true. Because you had a gun on you. That's true. Uh, well, he could have told them where... Ah, damn it. I think, I think what would have made more sense would be to throw it up onto the top of the building. <laughs> Because I think they're less likely to search up there. Yeah, but you um, but you want but them e to even find even if it. they did find the gun, which, I mean, once he's surrendered himself to their custody, he could say, "Look, I had a gun on me, but I dropped it because I was scared." And you could find it in that dumpster right there, and it's not the same bullets that are in that guy's body. In fact, yeah. it's still fully loaded. Yeah. There, there were there were ways out of that scenario. Yeah. But, but just the fact that he obviously had a completely different gun than yeah. the gunman would have cleared him because they wouldn't have had the weapon. Right. So uh, the next scene is at the 
uh, well, it, it's still at Stumpy's, I guess. Um, I had the act break here. Uh, yeah. Uh, MacGyver arrives with Kelvin. Uh, Stumpy's giving a statement, probably lying. Uh, yeah. We don't know. Uh, and we see that Brian is being loaded into a squad car. Yeah. And, and that's when we just go immediately to the police station. And Brian is talking with MacGyver and Kelvin, but he's basically not giving them anything. Yeah. I don't know why he's not cooperating with, with MacGyver or Kelvin, but uh, he's being very tight-lipped. Uh, but he does admit that he did not kill Player G and that yeah. the gunman was probably the most likely suspect. Because he was the only other person in yeah. this alleyway. I don't know why they didn't just have him see it happen. Yeah. Um, I guess just to say, so he would say when they ask him who killed him, he's like, I don't know. There was another guy there. Yeah, but uh, I feel like he would have said, I don't know either way. Um, and, in fact, he ends the conversation with them. He says, all right, I'm done. I don't want to talk to these guys anymore. Yeah. Uh, so. This is, you're talking about in the, at the police when they're, at the station when they're doing the visitation? Yeah, Brian, yeah. Brian is the one who says, I'm done. I don't want to talk to these guys anymore. Yeah. But um, MacGyver keeps pressing him on it, and he wants to know what the gunman's name is. Mm-hmm. And he says, what's his righteous name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, MacGyver, Look, I don't know his righteous name. MacGyver's already been called out uh, in this episode once for attempting for to For trying talk. to talk like all the African-American characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, MacGyver heads back to the scene of the crime, which uh, I'm surprised is still... Because this is only like an hour later. This is a homicide. This this area should still be pretty secure. Cordoned off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he starts looking around and he finds uh, some of the, the paper wrappings. Uh, and he's able to detect some gun oil and uh, shipping oil lubricant residues on the, on the wrappers. And uh, while he's doing that, Stumpy comes out of his bar. Yeah. And uh, he tosses some stuff away, and then he notices MacGyver, and he's like, oh, you looking for something? What are you, a cop? And he's like, no, I'm not a cop. I'm just, uh, I'm just looking around, and I noticed that these, that these boxes have wrapping paper with oil that is used commonly in the shipment of guns, and that you should know that someone is, is transporting guns in the same boxes that your liquor is coming in. Yeah, and some people just basically, I don't know anything about anything. Uh... Don't talk to me. Yeah. So MacGyver's able to look at the box and see that the, uh, the company that ships it is called Minton's Liquor. Yeah. So he follows that lead to the offices of Minton's Liquor and the shipping, uh, shipping hub. Uh, yeah. And MacGyver, in this episode and in the next episode, is breaking the law a lot. And it kind of yeah. bothers me a little bit. Um. Because he he breaks into this office, uh, yeah. so basically any evidence he would find in here would be inadmissible. Yeah. Because he stole and not it. only that, but if there was evidence in there that could have been obtained by the police, it has now been tainted. Yeah. So, so it's like not not only is the is he digging for evidence that he couldn't take in court, but he's ruining evidence for other people. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of bothers me that he did this, but. He breaks in by, because there's an air conditioning unit right by the, the front door. Mm-hmm. And, but also the front door is like, the lock on it isn't, it's just like one of those little doorknob twist turn locks. I, I feel like that's within the wheelhouse of MacGyver picking the lock. Yeah. Like it's not like a, a deadbolt or some kind of crazy uh, railroad. Yeah. Master lock yeah. that he just sticks his, his pen knife into and then it just yeah. opens up. Uh, but uh, he he basically kicks the air conditioning unit out of the way enough so he can reach his arm in uh, right. and unlock the door. And as far as he knows, this person may have ties to mint and liquor, but it's not like the whole corporation is yeah. complicit in the shipment of guns with the, the liquor, oh, even though it, it like that logo was on the side of the truck that the gunman was driving. Yeah. Also, um, he's if he is an arms dealer, he's probably armed. Yeah. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be so loud in the way that you're entering this building. Yeah. You don't want to pull a B and E on it on an arms dealer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they tend to hold grudges. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but he look, he gets in and he looks around. Um, he finds, uh, 
uh, interesting amount, interesting some uh, periodical magazines, and mostly like knockoffs of like Soldier of Fortune and Guns and Ammo and yeah. things like that. But then he comes across a Black City Beat magazine. Yeah. Um, which this part confuses me a lot. Well, I guess it's so he can be more in tune with what he feels is the African American community. Is uh, that what the point of him having that magazine was? Uh, uh, unless he just really enjoys the articles, I, I like. I think that's the only reason for him to have a magazine like that. Would you know? I mean. I, it know, just seems like he's not at all in tune with the African American community and doesn't have any interest in being in tune with the African American community. I, I don't know what to say. It's yeah. It, it it was the it was the only connection that I could make, or the only logical reason that I could see that they called attention to such a specific magazine. I mean, everyone yeah. can have any magazine, of course, but right. this is a specific plot point to this episode that he has this magazine. Yeah, and it's never fully explained. But that's my explanation. And they also luck out that he's getting it delivered to his house and not to his business. Yeah. Uh, where it actually is. Hey, exactly. Like, he We're, brought it to work with him. Yeah. He, he, get it, he gets it to home and he takes all his magazines to work. You know. And why didn't he find him in the bathroom? That's where you're supposed yeah. to find and him. And also, how come MacGyver has to like reach out to the publisher to figure out what this guy's address is? Shouldn't it be right there on the front of the magazine? Yeah. It's usually on the label. <laughs> uh, unless it came wrapped in a plastic sleeve first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he starts looking around and he finds a, a box of liquor and he, as he shakes it, it doesn't sound like bottles or cans clinking. It sounds like metal. Yeah. And so when he opens it up, it's just, it's just packed full of bullets and shotgun bullets. shells. Yeah. And it was like, I don't think that that's the proper way to ship these things. Yeah. Like it, it's fairly unsafe. Yeah. Um, you drop kinda, this box and the whole thing explodes. This is live ammunition. <laughs> um, it kind of reminded me of um, when Portal 2 came out. They did a bunch of like Aperture Science uh, 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 promo videos for like their products. Yeah. And one of them is their machine gun turret. And they're, yeah. all, and they're all narrated by J.K. Simmons because he's part of the game. Um, yeah. And he's like, how do we get so many bullets in our machine gun turrets? This is how, and it just shows the turret opening up, and they're just dumping bullets inside of it. They're like they're not, they're not they're not going in clips or anything. They're just being filled in, like they're poured in. <laughs> He's all, and we fire the whole bullet. That's thirty three percent more bullets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they fire the shell. Yeah, because it's all spring loaded actions. Yeah. <laughs> it just shoots out the whole bullet. <laughs> oh, they're amazing videos, all of them. Um, uh, so as he's kind of grabbing a handful of these bullets to check them out, uh, he's knocked out over the head by Minton. Yeah. Who then proceeds to, like, check his IDs. And I think when he sees that he's part of the Phoenix Foundation, he realizes that... Uh, I can't kill this guy because people are going to come after me. Well, I think... I feel like either way he has to kill this guy, but I figure... I thought that this may have been a situation where he realizes that he's in over his head. If yeah. the Phoenix Foundation is coming looking around, and that's what is the issue that prompts this gang war elimination. Yeah. But uh, but he but then he puts all his IDs back in his pocket and drags yeah, them yeah. into uh, easily escapable room. And I don't really mean even easily escapable for MacGyver. I mean anyone could get out of this room at any time. Because <laughs> MacGyver. Okay, so <laughs> he goes about it such a horrible, stupid way. Um, so he locks him in this room, like a spare room, um, and he drives off, right? So MacGyver, looking around for a way to escape, finds a gigantic ventilation shaft. And I mean, yeah. it's like two feet in diameter. He could easily crawl <laughs> easily through, fit through this, this vent. And get out. It wouldn't even be the first time that he climbed through what's supposed to be an air conditioning yeah. path today. Um, so, but instead, instead he decides to take this vent and make a cannon using a beer keg, which I yeah. feel like he could have also just rolled these beer kegs at the door and it would have busted the door open. Because mm -hmm. uh, they're... Like he did in... Uh... I was going to say three to tango. What was the the odd triple? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like 
there's there's so many ways to escape this room. Like if this was an escape room, I would have yeah. been out in a minute. Um, so, but then he starts like his plan is to uh, get this keg boiling so it explodes. That's yeah. that's, that's the plan. So he starts. And so he, first he gets a huge tube that the keg fits perfectly into. Yeah. Um, like oh, this tube could fit at least two people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he starts like smashing up little bits of crate. But there's a really weird cut, and I don't know if you saw it. Where he smashes like two planks of wood and then he puts like a big crate down and he starts smashing it. And as soon as his foot goes in, you can see him start to lose his balance. And then it cuts. Yeah. It cuts away immediately to him on the ground breaking it up the rest of it. I was like, I wonder if he fell. I bet um, he did. Uh, because it looked like he had a really hard time with that kick into the crate. Because that yeah. cut is so rough and hard to just the next scene, the next bit yeah. of him breaking stuff. Um I would maybe just not use the front half of that shot. Yeah. Just, but maybe they were like, oh, it hurts so much that we, we might as well use it. Um, so then he starts piling this wood into a bucket, pours wine on it. Is wine Does wine particularly burn well? I mean, it's not like straight liquors. Yeah. But I guess it would, I mean, it has alcohol in it, so yeah. I guess it would burn. I, I feel like, like, again, in a liquor store, if you were like pulling out like maybe like like vodka or tequila or something else, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. There should be other kinds of liquor here than wine. Yeah, but he this pours. Is... Yeah, he uses wine. Um, he gets the fire going. The keg explodes and it blasts through the door. Yeah, I'm like, that that was too much. That yeah. was too much to escape this room. Yeah, I know you have to do a MacGyver the MacGyver way, but I feel like repeated kicking of that door would have been enough to get it open. Yeah. Especially uh, considering how it crumbles under the weight of this keg. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver escapes, and he immediately goes back to Stumpy's. Uh, I don't yeah. know why the, the, there's this constant return to Stumpy's. Maybe they had the bar for the day, and they we got we got we to get every scene we can out of it. Yeah. Um, and so once again, he starts pressing Stumpy uh, for information, uh, and he asks, I guess, if he has children. He's got, well, I got grandchildren. It's like, well, then, yes, you do also have children. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where grandchildren come from. <laughs> you can't adopt grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't, I don't want to adopt a child to be my child. I want to adopt a grandchild. To be that child. So child. if someone else already has a child, can I be their adopted grandfather? You know, <laughs> just take them, take them out, give them presents now and then. They're like, well, we do have an option where you can adopt a parent. Uh, then you would technically have grandchildren. Yeah. There you go. That'll um, work. I just want someone like a kid. He has to like stay quiet in the room while I do other things and watch soaps all day because yeah. I'm busy. Yeah, I want one of those kids that I can spoil and give candy to all the time, but not where I have to like take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want coming over to grandpa's place to be the most fun they ever have in their life so yeah. that their home life seems crappy in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give them everything they ask for and then not have to do anything that they want me to do. Um, so Stumpy says that they call him the gunman. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and he's like, the same gunman you were asking me about. It's like, yeah, I know. I know that. I, I feel like Stumpy's information does not give him any help. No, it's not. He doesn't have a name or anything. Because he's already got the magazines. Yeah. Um, that seems to be all the things that he needed to do to make the connection to the address. Yeah. Um, yeah, the magazine should have had the guy's name, the guy's address. It should yeah. have had all the information. Um, but MacGyver does tell him about the meeting at the Challengers Club about the gang violence in the area. Yeah. So this is where now MacGyver takes the magazines to Regina and saying, like, you know, uh, this guy lives up in Sunset Lake. And she describes it as, like, a very, very non-African-American friendly neighborhood. Yeah. She says, like, we, need a, we would need a court order just to drive through there. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, well, that might make my job a little bit easier then. I was like... But I, I, I don't understand that comment. Yeah, like... To, yeah, I don't, like... I guess the point is that because there's going to be fewer people subscribing to this magazine in that area. Right, right. 
Um, yeah, because so she she shows him the he shows her the Black City Beat magazine, yeah, which she oddly has a connection to, and she can yeah, get a she knows somebody list. who works there. Um, and what's even weirder is MacGyver gets the supply the subscriber list, and he's been and there's three people on it. <laughs> yeah, but also he's been checking off names. It's like just go to the guy like you know like go go to the guy named Minton. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's three names, but one of them, the surname is Minton, and he <laughs> has the Minton's liquor truck parked outside. Yeah. Why did you even check out the other one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Kelvin is meeting with the one of the leaders of the Ice Boys named Hard Rock. Um, right. Uh, this guy was uh, played by Richard McGregor, who he had as Ron in Nightmares. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the, he was one of uh, Lisa's friends. Yeah, one of the two friends who said, "Oh, you're gonna stay help. away from that weird guy." Yeah, and they then they just leave her with him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Hard Rock has overheard that the gunman is going to be meeting at the abandoned brewery to sell some guns to the Oliver Street Gang, um, and Hard Rock is now planning to have a shootout take place where he's like, "Yeah, we're going to take them all out," and wants Kelvin to basically join in yeah so uh this is where we come to macgyver checking out the now correct address of minton's liquor with right the obvious delivery truck in the driveway um, and for the second time in this episode um we have a scene where somebody catches macgyver going through their garbage <laughs> yeah he's really bad at going through garbage but yeah. also these people seem really bad at throwing away incriminating evidence yeah um you just just throw it in my trash. You put it in your neighbor's trash. That's what you do. Yeah. Come on. Everybody knows this. Uh, so, and at first, Minton just peers out through a window, and you think, like, oh, he's going to, like, sneak away, or he's going to get the drop on MacGyver. But instead, he just opens the door, because he yeah. seems high as F. Because <laughs> For this whole episode. <laughs> uh, he says, what are you looking for? It's like, guns, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like uh, Christian Bale would later be channeling this guy's, Larry Lewicox's performance. It's like, well, it's just another dirtbag on the street to me. What do yeah. I care? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you doing Batman? That thoroughly congested vigilante superhero. <laughs> uh, uh, I also like that Minton brings up that he used to be a cop for years. It's like, yeah, you because you were. <laughs> 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 I thought that was fun. Uh, and but he turned his knowledge of the streets to his advantage in getting in with the gangs and things like that. So yeah, he knows the turf. He knows the players. But he says that he he was a cop until he got in trouble for roughing up um, some kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then he ended up getting fired, but then he also lost his family over losing his job. Yeah. And so he's he thought that he would he would get what he calls uh, reparations. Yeah. Which is again the like the racial tone of this. Like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, he pulls a gun on MacGyver, and basically he says he tells him that he specifically said out loud near Hard Rock that uh, he was going to deliver these guns to incite the Ice Boys to come after the Oliver Street gang. Yeah, he's and, just monologuing like crazy. Yeah, he's this whole thing's a setup, and he's going to blow them up with a truck full of dynamite. Right. Um, and he has the dynamite laid out very unusually in his, like, it must have taken him hours. Yeah, because, it's all taped up around, like, it's like it's dynamite wallpaper around the inside yeah, of this truck. Yeah, it's like, just put it all in the middle. Like, yeah. like it, it, how long did it take you to like to wire all these individual pieces of dynamite to the walls of your van? Yeah. Um, uh, even like the bomb that was in uh, the the other episode with the the mail truck yeah. was like slightly. That was just a pile in the middle. Yeah, like it made slightly more sense, but uh, so. But then that truck didn't explode very good either. No, as we. I mean, not just because of the concrete either. I think. I think it wouldn't have taken out a significant area because the explosion had too much room to move in the truck. Yeah. So, uh, 
Kelvin is now on his way out, and Regina's trying to stop him, but uh, he just gets into the car with the other ice boys. And when she tries to stand in front of the car, they obviously just drive backwards. I was like, yeah. They're all like, what are we going to do? I was like, what do you mean? You go the other way. (laughs) (laughs) She can't be in both sides of the car. Um, So Kelvin is now off to get retribution uh, for his brother and to take out the Oliver Street gang. Um, Regina decides to go to the meeting <laughs> yeah. instead of looking for her son. Yeah. Um, oh man, when, when, uh, when her son is leaving the house, I was really worried that she was about to get run over. Yeah. Because she's, she's chasing her son into the car and she's like, don't you get into that car. I, you don't, you don't walk away from me saying no. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then she goes and stands in front of the car and they can't get the car to start anyway. Yeah. So that's why she has time to get in front of it. But then, like, he's like, well, what am I going to do? And he's like, I don't know. Back the car up and go around her. Yeah. And I was worried that he didn't put the car in reverse and he just oh. looked backwards and he was going to slam on the gas and run over the mom. Oh, man. That would have been horrible. But it probably would have ended the plot line for Kelvin at this point. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just insult to injury for this family that it's like, oh, yeah, well, my father got a Colombian necktie and my brother was killed by gangs and then my mom got run over on accident on our way to a shooting. And then she wouldn't have been able to stop it, so I'm sure yeah. he would have died. <laughs> so at the meeting, Regina's giving like an impassioned speech about how they need to take responsibility uh, and not depend on the police every time that there's trouble. Which is, seems like the opposite of the advice that MacGyver gives on a regular basis. Yeah. Or gives sometimes, and then sometimes refuses to call the police. Well, he gives it constantly, but he, he never follows it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's just, he's just doesn't like to involve the police when it, it is something that he can take care of himself. But if it's anybody else, he's like, no, you need to call the police. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not uh, properly certified to handle this like I am. I work for the Phoenix Foundation. Right. But she, there, there's just a couple lines in here that, that bother me. Like, it, that just feel like they're condescending and that, like, it's basically just the community saying, well, this is all our fault because we're all bad parents, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's like the tone of the speech. And she's just saying, well, the problem is that, you know, we don't do anything about it. We let these kids kill each other. And, we never told them to stop killing each other. Like it never occurred to us to say, "Hey, just stop killing each other." Because that's all you need to do. And then she says, "Yeah," and she says, "We need to say no to our kids, like we should have been doing the whole time." Yeah. It's like, uh, that's not the problem. Like I've, you've said no to these kids plenty. She, Regina, was just saying no to Kelvin to get in the yeah. car. Yeah, like five seconds ago, you said no to him. It didn't. It didn't help because it's it's. That that's not the issue here, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but the, some of the people are being turned around by it. But then there's one woman who seems to seems totally set on. If I hear anything's happening, I'm just going to call the police because yeah. the police should take care of it. That's their job. And she just says, "Well, the police will just kill our children and say it was self defense, or they will kill our children because it actually will be self defense because yeah. our kids will be armed and shooting at them." Exactly. Um, and so she says, we need to handle this on our own. We like all of us moms need to go out there and interrupt this gang war. And (laughs) she starts to gain traction and then Stumpy shows up and says, Hey, I got some bad news. Mm -hmm. The, the gang war is about to go down at the abandoned brewery. Uh, that's all I got to say. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a part of the conversation. He's just like, Hey, uh, I agree with you guys kind of, but I'm just here to tell you that these two groups of children in our community are about to start shooting at each other. Um, so Regina leads the charge, says, well, I'm heading down there, and if you guys want to stop this fight, then you should come with me. Yeah. So meanwhile, Minton uh, parks the explosive truck right in the middle of this very long parking lot. Yeah. Uh, a dramatically long parking lot, you might ask, you might say. Yeah. Um, it looks like they're over, like, off San Fernando by... Kind of by Golden Road Brewery. Hmm. But there, there's really a lot tell. of locations that I seem to recognize. Like, even the street that uh, Kelvin and uh, Reg- when Regina was trying to stop the car. It's like, yeah. God, I think, I think I know that street. It uh, could even be the same street where they shot that scene from Boys in the Hood. Because, hmm. uh, I mean, you know, L.A. locations, I mean, they're, 
they use all over the place, but so there, there are particular spots that they seem to pick on the regular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so MacGyver is uh, in the back of the truck with the explosives, and, uh, man, the duct tape that's on his mouth is, like, super tight. I, at first, like, I couldn't tell that there was tape on his mouth. I thought that there was, like, some kind of weird... Like, they'd, he had done some kind of frigging uh, Mad Max Fury Road sprayed chrome yeah. on his face because it's so tight to his lips. Witness me. <laughs> um, and so he starts trying to pick his lock uh, with uh, the wire tie off a champagne bottle because right. for some reason, Minton, I guess, still felt he was going to be making some liquor deliveries <laughs> with yeah. his bomb truck. Yeah, so all this stuff is still in the back with MacGyver. Yeah, there, there's still plenty of bottles of booze in there. Um, Minton... I just wanted him to just get wasted and be like, <laughs> all right, this is the end. I am wasted. <laughs> <laughs> um, Minton takes a detonator, uh, which uh, up to like a a rooftop, like a, like a he's like in the stairwell window. Yeah, uh, he's kind of got nearby. the Prometheus syndrome going on. He yeah. wants to observe his, his handiwork. Uh, so at this point, uh, the hard rock, uh, sorry, the hard rock, Kelvin and hard rock arrive with the ice boys on one side of the parking lot and the Oliver street gang, uh, arrive on the other side. Right. And they all get out of their cars and just start doing the, the, the powerful. Yeah. The face off. Yeah. The face off March. The, uh, I mean the, I'm trying to think of like the, the term of like, it's like a, it's like a revolutionary war style battle you know it's a war of attrition yeah yeah it's, it's like, like it's like the warriors yeah when two gangs you, you, join forces you just keep marching towards each other and then yeah. wait so uh macgyver's able to exit the truck but and he sees that the two gangs are, are heading towards each other um and he's not able to get inside the truck to defuse the bomb detonator although right it seems like he could just cut the wires yeah but it also seems like he's been able to open every door in the history of this show. I don't know why he can't get into this car. Yeah. Um, so he also notices that uh, Minton is watching. So he decides to take out Minton before he can set off the explosives. Right. Um, but Minton already said he's not going to set off the explosives until after they start shooting. So yeah, because he wants to blow up what's left yeah, after so the it, it, shooting. So it seems like your priority should be to stop the shooting. Yeah. Um, but he goes after Minton first. But to be fair, if he if he stops the shooting, then the guy's just going to blow the truck. That's true. That's true. There's there's no easy way out of this situation. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he gets like the you know he gets the drop on Minton, but Minton is just beating the garbage out of MacGyver. Like, yeah. Uh, and and also I'm very I the whole time you're expecting this button to get accidentally yeah, pressed. Yeah. The, it's like a single button remote. It keeps falling down the stairs and getting knocked out of people's hands. I was like, that, that probably would have gone off by now. Yeah. The two of them like roll down the stairs with it. I was yeah. like, there's no way one of them didn't push it. Uh, the gang, uh, both rival gangs now have, have pulled their guns out and they've all proceeded to, to cock and lock. I mean, like they've been like every single one of them who pulls a guy to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how, shouldn't you have done that already? Shouldn't Before you already? this shootout started? Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, um, I don't know how long it's been since you watched the original Stargate movie. Uh, a long time. Yeah. There, there's a, such a stupid scene where, like, French Stewart and all the other, like, soldiers, because French Stewart's in that movie, <laughs> as yeah. a soldier, um, they're at the pyramid as the alien ship lands around it. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. And they're, they know that they're going to be ambushed. So they're walking around with their machine guns waiting for the ambush to start. But every time you see one of the soldiers, they're always going, and then it cuts to the next soldier. And every time they come around a corner, it's like, how many times are you going to load your gun? You're just ejecting bullets <laughs> out at this point. <laughs> um, it's, it's such an overuse of like sound effects. It's like, you, you, even when I, because I, I showed my dad that movie a long time ago, because I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, more entertaining than than I realized, but um, even my dad was like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, Aren't they doing more Stargate movies? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like, uh, you know, obviously the Stargate series is, is uh, yeah. went on for quite a while. Richard Dean Anderson, of course, being a part of those. Yeah, um, I think they are redoing some of the movies because I think, um, like, at around the same time that Dean Devlin got brought on to write the the uh, new Independence Day, mm-hmm. that they were like, oh, we're going to reboot the Stargate franchise too. And was that Roland Emmerich too? Yeah. Oh, Stargate? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he was supposed to be involved in the, like a, maybe even a trilogy or something like that. If I can find news about it, I'll put it on the on the show notes for this episode. Nice. But I feel like there was some kind of a reboot in the works for Stargate. Uh, so as MacGyver is once again fighting with uh, Minton, Minton gets pushed out of a window and is hanging right. is now hanging by the window ledge, which distracts everyone long enough for Regina to arrive. Uh, which, if I were hanging out of a window, I would be squeezing every muscle in my hands to try and hold on to things and probably pinching down the button on this detonator. Yeah, and also, you know, having shards of glass penetrate your hands. Yeah. Um, so uh, Regina and her crew now arrive, and, of course, now all the gang members are like, oh, crap, my mom's here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, what's your mom doing here? And he's like, I don't know, what's your mom doing here? <laughs> it's like, touche. Yeah. Um <laughs> I really wanted one of these guys to say touche. Yeah, touche. <laughs> um, so MacGyver is able to uh, pull Minton back into the window. And, of course, I think it's Hard Rock saying, what's he doing? It's like, don't you care that a man's showing another person some decency or some, some mercy? Um, but then this is my favorite part of the episode. When MacGyver tries to talk them down? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he looks like he's holding Minton hostage. And then he demands... Everyone drop your guns. This truck is full of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you threatening us? It's like, them? are you threatening us? What's <laughs> happening here? But, like, the other thing that drives me crazy is that he comes out basically and he says, Hey, everyone, please put down your guns. Don't shoot. This guy's trying to murder you. Yeah. That truck is full of explosives. He's He was trying to kill all of you. Please don't shoot him. It's like, you didn't have to say all that. Yeah. You could have just pretended he was here to sell them guns. And that he's a nice guy, they probably would be less likely to shoot him in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that he was planning to kill you all. Yeah. And now you have a common enemy. Um, at this point, Stumpy arrives, and uh, Stumpy comes in and makes a very impassioned speech. Right. Um, about how they were all so easily fooled because it's, it doesn't take much to get them, you know, to light their fuses and get them going. Yeah. That, that they're all just killing each other. They're being stupid. Yeah, you put a gun in their hand and, and they're at each other's throats. And, uh, yeah. And then he's uh, just like, stupid! Yeah, stupid. <laughs> he so just stupid. reminds me of UHF. Yeah. Um, and then once again, he just leaves. Yeah. He, he, I think he even does a. Ah! Is he, yeah, like, he doesn't have a lot of patience for <laughs> public speaking. Yeah. As soon as he finishes, he's like, all right, I got to go home and take a shower. That bothered me. <laughs> um, so but everyone, then all the kids put their guns down. Yeah, everyone starts putting their gun down, except for one guy. He starts walking away with his gun. Yeah. And everyone just kind of goes, hey. And he looks back and he goes, puts his gun down, but then continues to walk away. Yeah. As if he's, like, he hasn't given up that way of life. I don't yeah. think any and of them... And then as, as soon as they all leave, like, another gang just runs in and scours all the free guns. Yeah. Sweet. And the truck full of explosives. Guns <laughs> and, and <alcohol>. bombs <laughs> and booze. This can't possibly get Oh, my God. <laughs> this a... is a smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. What a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> and then we move into our Act 5, which is... Uh, Kind of out of nowhere, we're outside the Challenger Club for the Green the Scene program yeah. that MacGyver uh, piloted. Yeah, once again, MacGyver trying to talk. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what will help this fully paved town? <laughs> planting trees. <laughs> Wait, but the, this is a parking lot. What are, where are we planting the trees? <laughs> I feel like it's that scene in uh, uh, I Heart Huckabees. Or Jason Schwartzman parking is planting the tree in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah. And then the security guard just comes on full force and tack, clotheslines him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this rock. You this rock, rock. Stays rock. Here. This rock just sits and is. <laughs> uh, 
I Heart Uncle Beast is so good. That's a fun movie. I keep try, I try to show it to so many people, and they just do not take to it. Yeah. Um, well, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I know, but uh, it, I, I quote it all the time. And How am I not myself? How, how am, I, am not, I not myself? How am I not myself? <laughs> uh, uh, what's fun about this meeting, like, so everyone's at the, got plants. They're, like, moving plants from the from the Challengers Club to trucks, I guess, to drive around. Um, but even Sergeant Mullins is there and a bunch of police. Like, they're helping out. Right, yeah. So here's where I thought, like, Sergeant Mullins was going to be, like, this antagonist. But really, he does care about the neighborhood, and he does want yeah. to help. He just he just needed to know that they wanted to make a difference themselves. He's just got a crusty exterior. Yeah. He's got a heart of gold, that Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not like Minton, the yeah. other cop from this episode. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy. We uh, needed to have one not terrible cop. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Brian is, of course, out of jail because uh, I guess Minton. His name has presumably been cleared. Yeah, um, and he's telling Kelvin that uh, yeah, don't go to jail. It's not. It's not cool. Yeah. As if, as if anyone thought it was. Yeah. Um, uh, I've only heard good things though. The Yelp yeah. reviews are great. <laughs> oh God, I wonder if prisons have Yelp reviews. Oh my god, it's like, this place sucked. I stayed here for so long. <laughs> I was here for five, but it felt like seven. <laughs> it felt like six. <laughs> Just one extra year. <laughs> uh, Regina and MacGyver have a, a little bit of a moment saying about, you know, hopefully that there's changes coming and we can make a difference. And yeah, and then she stuff. says, and I think they have a new role model. And MacGyver says, I hope so. And then it freeze frames on their yeah. new role model, MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, who has been there apparently. Who's, who's, how long has he been working for the Challengers Club? At least three years now. Yeah, um, something like that. Uh, yeah, so this is a pretty crazy episode. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's good, though. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. Um, I mean, it is a little bit beat for beat, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, and and the one big MacGyverism that we get is over over the top because yeah, it was it, unnecessary. Yeah, this could have just been one of the 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 social awareness episodes. It didn't yeah. need to be um, an inventing uh, keg cannon mm-hmm. episode. But uh, Larry Wilcox's character is so bizarre and yeah. so just like. Clearly, like, strung out on stress and, and drugs. Yeah, but I really like the way he plays the no, character. No, it's great. It was, it, yeah. was, it was exactly what he needed to be. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, like, this is probably one of the most gun-heavy episodes of MacGyver. Uh, For sure, yeah. And, uh, and MacGyver never really makes a thing about guns. Like, he doesn't make a speech about guns himself. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. And... Yeah, no. yeah, it's actually less anti-gun than Blood Brothers or The Gun. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not even putting the blame on the guns. They're putting the responsibility on the people. Mm-hmm. What an interesting notion. <laughs> yeah. uh, guns don't kill people. That's right. They never. I don't think a gun has ever Sometimes killed Sometimes they do. Yeah, oh yeah, my occasionally. God. <laughs> occasionally uh, you'll, get a, you'll meet a bad gun. Yeah. Uh, you get like one of those ones that like fires back at you. Right, yeah. That uh, happens, right? Someone posted a gun recently on the, like the murder suicide gun, where it's a it's like a double barrel shotgun, but one barrel is pointed back. <laughs> pointed backwards. Yeah. Looks like something Elmer Fudd would have. Yeah, that's exactly right. It looked like Bugs Bunny head twisted, like bent <laughs> the barrel. Um. But yeah, uh, it's a good episode. Um, certainly, yeah. like more in line with the MacGyver seasons of old and not so much in line with this current MacGyver season. Yeah. And I think next week we're going to get that again. Or yeah. N- next episode is going to be kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for guns and boys. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at opening gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix foundation podcast or our website, Phoenix foundation podcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 12, Off the Wall. Off the Wall.
we're getting into the last three episodes wow. of the original series. Which is crazy. Yep. It's so exciting. Pilot, yeah. The pilot is in just like a week or so, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the new pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a week from... Uh, week from Friday. A week from Friday, yeah. And, yeah. Stay tuned for that, folks. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.